welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyron West along with you. Chris will join us here in just a few moments. And as expected, the transfer portal continues to give and give and give for the Gamecocks. Got two welcome homes yesterday. Know about at least one of them. Still waiting to find out who the second one is. Hopefully that will come at some point today. But a nice another new addition to the running back room for the Gamecocks. Bring in Jawarn Howell from South Carolina State, third running back this week. I would say, Wes, that room is pretty full right now. Effectively flipped, right? Yes. I mean, we, we we thought this might be the case. We knew this was what they were aiming for, and it, it looked good. And you always kind of wonder, or, or at least I did, you know, it felt like they could pull this off. But obviously, if you kind of go individually with each recruitment, Rocket, it was going to be like, all right, does another school manage to get him on campus after that initial South Carolina visit that clearly went very, very well? You know, I think with Attaway, they sort of really just took command of that right off the bat. and So you felt good about that one. But then once you had those two guys rolling in, I, I think in a vacuum, you thought you could get Jawan Howell. But then you were like, all right, is he going to look at what else is coming in? And that may be kind of... Not scares him off, but he just says, look, I'm in the portal for a reason. I want to go somewhere where I can be the guy. Sure. And you you couldn't you couldn't hate on that. You know, you couldn't throw straight at that. But um, so for him, you know, I, I think it was just a matter of, all right, can they make this a, a fit for him? And, and they obviously did. And so, it, I mean, you go back to Elijah Green, who visited, had a good time. We, we heard he was having a good time on that trip. But I, I think just he looked around and was like, wait a second. They're getting that guy. They're getting that guy. I've already been in this spot sure. at UNC. I, I want to go somewhere where I can play. So th- they've effectively flipped this room just completely. And I, I think the the good part about it is you can kind of see how the classes, Jawan Howell, it spreads out the room a little bit to where you're not going to lose all these guys at the same time. Yeah, so he's a true freshman this year at South Carolina State. Had a very impressive season. Mac leader in rushing yards with 808, seven uh, touchdowns on the ground, averaged seven and a point nine yards per carry. And obviously when it comes to South Carolina State, the fact that they're FCS, we don't have the same analytics and stuff available to us as we do with some of the Power 5 players and Group of 5 players that would be coming in. But just looking at some of his tape, like this guy – is special gets the ball in his hands ability to make guys miss ability to make guys miss tackles you can definitely tell when he's out there he is one of the if not the best players on the field which again you know people may turn their nose up at an fcs player and say well that's a different level of competition he's going out there and playing how he should play against those guys if he really is as good as we think he is yeah i saw you know for the most part the response i saw on social media was was very positive and i I think a lot of people um credit to them are like pretty excited about this guy I did see you know for every positive comment you know for every three or four positive comments there's oh you know uh can he do it at this level or oh my favorite one right now that I've seen is uh oh but can you fix the offensive line like that doesn't mean you don't try to get great backs like that those two yeah you you have to improve the offensive line which again I've said is going to be more about development than anything but that doesn't mean these aren't good players at running back. You have a more full offensive line room than you have with running back, so you needed to address that problem first. And obviously, we're you know Monroe Mills was on campus yesterday, so you're working to improve the offensive line. But you just needed personnel in the running back room, and that's what they've done this week. Yeah, and I think these things go hand in hand. Like you've got to fix the running game at South Carolina, and to me, a great offensive line 
can make a uh, an average back look pretty good. A great back can make an average offensive line look pretty good. So you, you really want to kind of be improving all these things. So I, I really don't get the take of, oh, let's let's throw shade on this pickup because, oh, well, what about the offensive line? Like, no, enjoy what you're seeing right now because it is completely different than what we saw as far as running back recruiting last offseason. And, you know, I, I think you look at Howell, man, he's not going to average eight yards per carry at the SEC level, mm-hmm. but his game is going to translate to the SEC level. There's nothing about what he's doing that says, oh, that doesn't work at, at this level. With running backs, dude, if you can play, you can play. So can you expect him to be breaking off some of these runs he does at, at that level? Probably not. You know, he went for like 300 on Howard. Yep. Um, you don't expect that, but look no further than the guy, one of the guys he's replacing – Mario Anderson, Mario Anderson makes the jump. For, now, he was very successful at Newberry, sure. but he makes the jump from Newberry to Columbia, to South Carolina, to the SEC, and, and plays well. I look at this, honestly, and this is not, you know, I, I, I think if you're South Carolina, you would have loved to have Mario Anderson back, but he forced your hand sure. by leaving. So then you go out. Now you get a guy who is just as good but has three years of eligibility left. And you now have this mix in the running back room of different sizes and stuff like that. And looking at his measurables, six foot one, two fifteen, very comparable to a Rocket Sanders and the type of you know stature that he brings and some of the similar things that he can do on offense. And you know, I was listening to Bill and Preston this morning, and Preston has a lot of connections down there at South Carolina State. And you know, they said that this is a guy that's he's not coming in here being your number three. He's coming in there to push for the number one spot. And if he wins it, great. You know, we would expect Rocket Sanders to be that number one guy. But you know, this is somebody that I don't think we should expect to just get buried on the depth chart just because he's coming from FCS. He can be a legitimate contributor on this team. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And. Only only time, like only the future will tell exactly how this battle looks. But is there a scenario where he plays way more than anybody thinks right now? Or or way more than some people think right now? I think I think there are people that have seen this guy in person. They're like sure. South Carolina just got an absolute still I, I got a buddy who works in the media that has broadcasted some of the SEC SC State games. And here's what I always look at. When people go out of their way to text you or reach out to you and be like, oh, man, that guy's a steal. Not me saying, hey, what do you think of this guy? Wait, South Carolina got him? Okay, you let me tell you about him. That, to me, go, sure. I, I got people who are coaches, high school coaches that I don't even know that are from North Carolina that have played against him that responded to the tweet when he committed and said, South Carolina got a steal in this guy. Right. So, you know, I, I think that matters. I think that means a lot. All three of these guys, they don't have the same skill set. But all three of these guys are pretty complete running backs. Like, you don't look at them and say, oh, well, that guy's big, but he's slow. That guy is a speed guy. Only All three, in their own way, kind of can do a little bit of everything for you. And, and I'm glad you brought up the size, man, because you looked at the running back room this past year, and DeCarrion grew into a, a big dude. But as sure. we've talked about, DeCarrion was transitioning to the position for the first time. Um, so I don't want to say DK didn't have size. He did. But for the most part, if you look at, like, the totality of that room, um, it, it wasn't a huge room. Even Mario, who – Mario ran bigger than he actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of these guys have some size to them, man. Like, uh, I guess Oscar's maybe not quite as tall, but he, he runs – like, 
He's, he's over 200 pounds, too. He's, like he, he's thick. He's like, two, I mean, one one of the listings had him, I think, at 208 or something, and he responded and was like, who's 208? So that was like his high school weight. He's yeah. like 218, 219. Right. It, it was his North Texas weight. Now, Rocket is listed like 242. I, I think you're going to see Rocket probably try to come down from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things you heard, little rumblings in Arkansas, like maybe he – you know, Ty, who joined us yesterday, who's watched him every game covering Arkansas, maybe he added on a little bit of too much weight. So you'll maybe see that come down, but still a 230-pound rocket is an absolute load Absolutely. For, for people to deal with. So I, I think your running back room, it got deeper, it got more talented, it got bigger, uh, but that's not really – it's not like they got bigger and slow. Sure. They're bigger and fast. And obviously, I mean, we focused on these transfers this week because they're the newer names to the room, but that doesn't mean that a DJ Braswell can't go out and have a breakout season next year. And, you know, you may have a, a rotation in, in game number one where it's Rocket Sanders getting, you know, a majority of the snaps and then Oscar Attaway getting the second most and then DJ Braswell getting the third most. But if guys like Braswell or even Matthew Fuller coming in as a true freshman end up popping early in the season, those carries will adjust it'll change as the year goes along and yeah. that's the beauty of having so many guys in the running back room which South Carolina was not fortunate enough to have this year where you can change things as the season goes along based on who's playing well and who's doing what because you have kind of an embarrassment of riches at that position now that that was a take I saw what happens with DJ and I I don't see the blue bloods of college football I don't see Alabama Ohio State, I don't see them worrying about what happens with that guy. So, Braswell is a talented dude. He's, sure. he's you know. And he showed you flashes of that this year. Also showed you some growing pains, as you would expect from a true freshman. If I think Braswell, Braswell physically is as talented as about any of them. You know, I think, I think you look at Rocket, just the combination of size and speed, kind of off the charts. But you just look at that room. Braswell fits in. Like, it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, he's not as talented as these other guys. The, the upside is is big. Well, for him, I think it's just about being a little more patient, running within the confines of what you're being asked to do. But, okay, Braswell now has more competition going into next year. Let, let's say you bring in all these transfers. Next thing you know, you're playing Old Dominion, Rockets starting. Braswell could be the number two. If yep. Braz, but if Braswell's the number two, what does that mean? It means he has stepped his game up yeah. and has beaten out sure. guys with, at least in Attaway's case, a lot more experience than him. And uh, also, Jordan Howell has more experience than him. Only a freshman this past year, but played a ton. He led the <laughs> MEAC in rushing. Yeah, and iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. And compared to where this team was a season ago. The reason to carry on Jordan was a running back is they just didn't have the bodies going into spring last year, and we anticipated they were going to get somebody out of the portal. That didn't end up happening. But now, again, you have, what, on scholarship alone, six guys at the running back spot going into this spring, and we'll see what, you know, Juju McDowell's recovery was with the collarbone injury and everything like that. But you have so many options. You'll have the spring and the summer to figure out who's doing what and what the lineup should be. And, again, as I said, it'll – It'll change as the season goes along, depending on who's doing what and the production and stuff like that. But it's a complete 180 to where you were a year ago. Yeah, and I, I do wonder, what does this mean for Juju McDowell? Is, does his position become more more and more Swiss Army knife? We, we saw them, I think it was Florida game on, 
they really shifted the way they used him and um, lined up a lot more as a slot guy. They, you know, they, they looked at, I think it was Jacksonville State was the game where they said, look, we're going with this basically like um, uh, wish, uh, not wishbone, the, uh, the diamond formation, which ironically Rich Rod used to run all the time at West Virginia with Pat White and uh, Steve Slayton and, and all those guys. Well, they said, let's get all these guys on the field at the same time. He, he got hurt on a play Juju did where he was lining up in the slot and mm-hmm. running a shallow cross, and they're just saying, let's get him in space. We don't have to hand him the ball in front of 300-pound defensive tackles. So I, I do wonder, does – now you've got several guys who are going to be capable of playing the slot at receiver – including Jared Brown, who could play slot or outside, including Jay McGowan, including Mazio Bennett, who's coming in. So I don't know if you've got a concern there, but is there a possibility of Juju playing a little bit more of a receiver role, potentially? I I think you look at that. Last year, you couldn't quite do that as much because you just you had to have Juju in the backfield. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it did seem like Dow Loggins was, you know, finding more ways to use him as the season went along. And it was the Kentucky game that got hurt right there at the beginning of it, if I remember correctly. Um, but who knows what he could have done in the last couple of games if he would have been fully healthy there. So something to keep an eye on as well. Um, we'll continue to talk about the transfer portal as we're still awaiting another welcome home confirmation. Uh, Beamer sent out a couple of those yesterday. We'll dive into that and everything going on with the portal as the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs rolls on here on your Friday on the game in the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler and Wes along with you. Chris will be jumping in with us here in just a couple minutes. Got some other things to take care of before coming in today. But it is obviously a very, very exciting week here in regards to South Carolina football as we've kept our eye on the transfer portal all week long. And seemingly every single day it's given us something to uh, come in here and uh, be excited about and to talk about uh, mainly on the offensive side of the ball. You had uh, DeAndre Jules out of pit get it added just uh, just the other day but it's mainly been on the offensive side of the ball but still several more spots that South Carolina can fill on their roster and uh, waiting on as I mentioned coach Beamer putting out uh, yesterday two different welcome homes over the course of the day obviously with uh, Jawarn Howell of SE State committing late last night that should at least fill one of those spots and then still waiting the other one. And, you know, I don't know if I'm maybe reading between the lines on this too much, but the second one wasn't like a normal tweet where it's like a gift or an emoji or something like that. It was actually a video of all the coaches that were getting set to get on a plane to go on another recruiting trip. So does that mean that that welcome home is more special than the, all, the, all the other ones? I don't know. We'll still wait and see who that is going to be exactly. We know yesterday you had Monroe Mills, the offensive tackle from Texas Tech on campus. You had Kyle Kennard, the edge prospect from Georgia Tech that was also on campus visiting yesterday. So two areas that South Carolina could obviously add another guy at and uh, could be one of those, but we'll see who uh, ultimately ends up committing. Uh, hopefully at some point today we find out who that second welcome home is going to be. Yeah, you could just go to Gamecock Central and I was going to say you might you might have I mean, we wouldn't tell you exactly, but you might have a pretty good idea of who context clues who South Carolina is in pretty got, good with. Got to read between the lines. Yeah, but the, the 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 excitement continues, right? Absolutely. Oh, it's been exciting all week long. I I, I tend to think, yeah, really. Um, the the next commit, assuming it holds, is it'll be it's nice. It's a good pickup, but I I tend to think that. They, they just want to do something different 
with the video because they're about to hop on a plane. It was um I don't think it was like let's let's put in context, let's put in clues it, to it it, it was very much a group of adults trying to take a photo or video together that had that clunky awkwardness to it. If you go and watch, nobody was really on the same page with it. I just think, like you said, it was probably just spur of the moment. Like, hey, we're all here. Let's do something different yeah, this do, time. And, and it's like the assistants are like, well, head coach wants to do it. We sure. Have, we, we have, have to, to do it. <laughs> yeah. But like he was even, Got to. he's like holding the camera up, trying to get like the angle right, get everybody in there. Nobody like raised the, you know, hand signal up at the same time like it was very clunky but, but like it was genuine but it was like. genuine it, like I, it was I, legit i'll take that over something that's been completely yeah orchestrated yeah and look for you know something like this you don't have to put out a edited two-minute video by any means something like simple like that will work and you know clayton white looked excited so maybe it is on the defensive side of the ball but we'll wait and see I, yeah you could probably you could maybe read into the fact that those are defensive coaches there tyler that gonna say might that be a good has uh, something to do with it a good place to start you never but, know um. Yeah. They they looked happy though, right? They, they looked did. excited. So he, you know, he could have sent it to Justin King. Hey, man, we need you to. I was gonna say I don't spice this up a little bit. They're not gonna look mad at a commitment by any means. I, I think it was just hey, let's let's get this out. Yeah, we've, absolutely. Run, we've run out of gifts to use. Sure. Yeah. The 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 Elmo fire emoji was the one that he used yesterday. That was that was a uh, good one. that was a new one for him at least. Um. There's a guy that I follow that um does a lot of Braves analytics. I used to work with him at one of my old stations, and he uses that emoji literally for everything. So when I see it, I naturally think, like, the Braves have done something good, but in this case, it was South Carolina. Who's your Braves guy? His name is, um, oh, God, what's his name? It doesn't matter. We can move on. You Kevin, can tell me later. Kevin something. Anyway, he's good with stats and analytics. Check out Kevin something. Um, by the way, I was surprised by this, man. So PFF actually does extend beyond do they uh, yes was, that, was that not looking in the right place i got uh so joran howell grade of 81.9 last year oh actually the highest graded guy among the starters on sc state's team wow i now have discovered the fcs tab yeah look at me learning i i taught you that well, i gotta start somewhere but, yeah, th so l let's go back to him for a moment. Freshman, FCS, freshman, All-American, led the MEAC in rushing, eight yards per carry, patient, has size, has speed, has vision. I really like how he is willing to kind of just let a play develop in front of him. He's kind of one of those guys that just will almost kind of sit there and, and hang out around the line of scrimmage for – for what feels like a long time, but it's really milliseconds. Sure. And then he just explodes out of there and, and busts off a 15-yard run. Yeah, and looking at this, similar to what we talked about earlier in the week with both Rocket Sanders and Oscar Attaway, a guy that really likes to get around the edge with his runs. Uh, Mario Anderson, a little bit more lenient to being kind of a more between the tackles. But, um, and you know, it, it seems to be from the, the tape that I've watched that Howell has a little bit of that burst to be able to get to the outside, which seems to be a common theme with the running backs they've gotten this week. Man, I, I I finally watched the second half of that Rocket 20-minute video. I haven't really had a chance to watch the entire thing until recently. Yep. And he has a very unique running style because you almost do have to use him like a, sm a back that is smaller than him because he's at, he's at his best, I feel like, when, when he finds that space. And then when he gets going downhill, 
And then when you start seeing safeties and corners try to tackle this 240, 230-pound just monster with speed, that that's when he really becomes a different player, I, I think. And, you know, you talk about explosive runs and how modern analytics sort of look at explosive plays as being one of the biggest indicators for a successful offense. And you look at Rocket, man, this guy was an explosive run waiting to happen, had uh, essentially going back that big year he had 2022, which is that's the version of Rocket you got to unlock if you're South Carolina. Sure. And basically, um, Quinshaw Judkins at Ole Miss Mm -hmm. was number one in like all these little extra categories you can find on PFF, forced missed tackles, Runs of 10-plus, runs of 15-plus, which that's, you know, when you start talking about explosive plays there. Well, Rocket was second in the SEC in all of those runs. So, uh, actually led the SEC in rushing that year. Was like, for, for an Arkansas team that has had some outstanding backs over the years, fifth all-time in Arkansas school history in terms of rushing yards in a season. And I really think you look at Bryles and what he was doing that year on on offense for Arkansas. They did a really good job of using Rocket and KJ Jefferson together in the backfield to create just the threat of KJ to create a little bit more room for Rocket. And uh, mostly a lot of it was zone based, you know, zone blocking. But um, he really has a knack for for even runs that are blocked inside. Yeah, getting it to the outside. Well, and we expect with Lenore Sellers and his skill set, again, assuming that he'll be the start of the Gamecocks, that running is going to take even more of an importance in this offense next year with the RPO concepts and, and that kind of stuff. And again, having these different running backs with unique skill sets that can do a lot of different things, again, really opens the playbook up even that much more for what uh, Dow Loggins can do. And again, having the entire offseason to work with these guys through the spring, through the summer and everything like that, hopefully they have a good set of stuff to be able to use when the fall rolls around. Hey, Tyler, let's do a radio tease. Uh, the, the welcome home Ooh. has uh, revealed himself. Okay, we will get to that coming up. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Don't forget, we also have another 12 Days of Christmas giveaway coming up a little bit later as well. We're just giving everything here on the game today. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. We love getting the opportunity to break some news, and we're breaking the most recent addition to the Gamecocks from the Transfer Portal, tweeting out just a few minutes ago, Kyle Kennard, edge defender from Georgia Tech, now officially a Gamecock. Yeah, he is officially a Gamecock, uh, committed to the staff yesterday. This is one of those two welcome homes that Shane Beamer um tweeted out actually this is the one that where they were getting on the plane okay that makes so, sense um yeah he he's the guy and you know this one happened kind, kind of quickly i would say just in terms of the way the information changed a little bit going into the visit we he was a guy we haven't quite we had not quite heard as much about in terms of mutual interest and so he had visited florida state the weekend before and there was some thought that at the time, Florida State probably led. Then he was supposed to go to Missouri this coming weekend. There was some thought he may, you know, still take that trip. And then so it, it kind of quickly when he got on campus, it kind of went from, you know, uh, this is a guy that's, you know, they're, they're bringing him in. So obviously there's interest. Sure. 
but we weren't sure if it was going to work out like this. And then the word quickly turned while he was on campus to like, oh, wait, wow, this guy wants to be here. This guy wants to come. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we've seen them, Tyler, add more interior type guys. Cal Kennard is more of a true edge, like plays on the end, yeah. can can just add some production, some experience, some length to that position. And we talked about that position so much leading into this season. And, you know, Sean had his moments, and there were times when you, you did get some production out of that spot. But for the most part, I don't know the right way to say this, it almost kind of seemed like non-existent at some times when it came to this defense, which there were struggles on this defense as a whole. But it certainly felt that like that edge spot. You were expecting a whole lot more out of it uh, as the season went along. and just wasn't quite what we were hoping for. And I think this maybe, Tyler, does open them up a little bit more to probably – we, we talked about what does it mean all the interior guys are getting. Does that mean it's going to be more of a three-three-five? Well, mm-hmm. I think you add a guy like this, that maybe flips you back to saying this maybe is going to be a very multiple defense. And I, I think when you have the experience South Carolina has defensively, you, you still don't have – now we'll see if these guys take big jumps from year to year. I think you still need a difference maker or two to emerge, to develop among – your group that's kind of your main rotation on defense, but what it what it can allow you to do, if you can be multiple, if you can throw different looks at offenses, if you can keep them guessing, then that that's one way you can kind of be a little bit better defense as opposed to just feeling like you have to sit in some of your base stuff. So I right. I think this opens them up to being able to do whatever they want up front. And looking at his grades from Pro Football Focus, very solid across the board. Overall in defense, 70.6. Run defense, 70.1. Tackling, 73.3. Pass rush, 73.5. Had seven sacks on the season, including four against Wake Forest very early on in the year. So obviously this is a guy that was one of the, the big players on that Georgia Tech defense. Georgia Tech team that exceeded a lot of people's expectations expectations last year especially from a defensive standpoint Brent Key obviously a defensive minded head coach having played linebacker at, at Tech back in the day so this is a guy that's a big key on the defense and again should be a good piece to add to South Carolina's front yeah they they did they played a, a, a much they were a much better team than I, I think we thought they would be but I think there were some Georgia Tech people that were a little bit surprised that sure. Bernard left and uh, you know entered the portal he took over that Wake Forest game. It, it yeah. sounds like I think he was a national, certainly Re- ACC player of the week that week. Wreaked havoc. Yeah, he he was really really good there, and you know I, I think you can you can never have too many guys along the defensive front. And, and I'm with you, man. I I thought I thought we'd see a little just a little bit more juice out of that edge group this past year. Although to be fair, we we all kind of knew, hey, Strong's coming off an injury. What what does that look like? Is he going to be himself? And so. It wasn't maybe quite what you wanted from a pass rush standpoint. You kind of had to rely. I think that was the one thing about going to the three three five. It unlocked mm-hmm. kind of having some different guys rushing the passer, a Bam Mark Scott, a Jerem Willis. And so that maybe gave them a little bit more juice in the pass rush game. But this is a guy I think is a true pass rusher, gives you depth. It it Most importantly, this pushes the other guys too. So right. is he – does he come in and he just take over? Is he a starter? Potentially. But does this push Des Yu? Does this push JT Gear, who I, I think at times showed flashes but was banged up at times, was hobbled? Sure. His ankle – I felt like his ankle kind of bothered him off and on for a good portion of the year. So it, you, you always need more depth. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, we talked 
have so much talked so much about this week about what you have on your defensive front with obviously all the guys coming back on the defensive line. You add in a guy like Simmons out of the transfer portal, Jules uh, as as well. Um, you know, just the other day, so you're really strong in the middle of your defensive front. And again, you add a couple pieces here, especially like a guy like Kennard coming off the edge there. In addition to you know what you had, like you said, hopefully a guy like uh, Umazulu can step up in year number two. We'll see what JT Gear can be like when he's fully healthy. Dylan Stewart obviously coming in as a five star here in the next couple of days. So a lot of, you know, potential pieces in that room. And hopefully, again, a guy like Kennard can come in and kind of be the uh, spark to ignite things as a whole with that position group. Yeah, has length. Um, maybe not the biggest guy in terms of weight, at least what I saw listed at Georgia Tech, but I, I think a, a true pass rush type. And, you know, I, I think when you look at guys that have experience at the Power 5 level, that matters too. And, and I, I think with him, you're not talking about you're not talking about a guy who was at a Power 5 school but just didn't play. Like, I, I think we see that a lot where you have a former highly rated player and then you can kind of get caught up, oh, this guy was a four-star, this guy was a five-star, but then you look, he hasn't played. Sure. With, with Kennard, you know, he wasn't that highly recruited out of high school, went to Georgia Tech, and then it looks like he kind of steadily got better and better and better as his career there went on. Sure, and I think, you know, when especially a guy like him that's been in college football for – Four years now, you know, if you were having an adjusted rating on him, you'd probably put him somewhere around, I'd say, a four-star, given the level of production that he's had. But, again, they don't make those rankings, um, you know, at this point in time in their careers, obviously. And speaking of which, he did come in in 2020. I'm, it's always so hard to guess these things. Only oh, played boy, in three dude, games don't, that don't, year. No, don't, I think don't that would have counted as a red shirt. So don't do this, Tyler. He at least has one year. We know that, obviously. But maybe a second year. I know that's getting don't, too far ahead, do but this, at least one year in 2024. I'll leave it at that for right now. That's my best guess on his eligibility as it stands right now. I can tell you this, man. He, uh, as of yesterday when I was updating this story, he was the number seven edge in the portal. Okay. So that kind of gives you, and on three has him as a, as a four-star, as, um, you know, as a transfer guy. Sure. So um, but I, I feel like, the transfer portal rankings have not quite kind of caught up because you're just – it's such a mad rush. Yeah. But on three has been trying, and I've, I've noticed really all the sites have been trying, except for ESPN, to give fans some perspective on, hey, who, who did I just get? Who did my team just get? Is this a difference maker? Is this a rotational guy? Is this a reach? And so, again, I, I take that a little bit with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to tell you, not just South Carolina looked at this guy and said, hey, he can help. Florida State did, Missouri did, and the guys doing the rankings have him as a, as a four-star addition. Yeah, no, anytime you look at you know somebody that has that level of production at a Power 5 institution, no matter what conference they're playing in, they're going to be pretty sought after. And again, you know, it was a, a, a very quick process with him being on campus yesterday. And, um, you know, uh, again, seemed like everybody was pretty excited about it. And, and now we, here we are the next day, um, you know, learning that he's officially committed to the Gamecocks and one of just what's been a great week for, for South Carolina. Um, you know, uh, this time a week ago, everybody I feel like was pretty down because we were just focusing on what had been lost. And there was a decent level of production, you know, between Juice, between Mario Anderson, between Mitch Jeter that had gone elsewhere in the transfer portal. Obviously, Mitch Jeter now going to Notre Dame, but now we're getting building up and, and bringing guys in and, and plenty to be excited about as well as this signing class is going to be coming in here in a couple of days that should also um, bring plenty of excitement. And we'll certainly get to that when, when the time comes. But um, I'd say a pretty good week overall. 
Power Five institution. I like I like yes. that, Tyler. It sounds very important. Well, he went to Georgia Tech, so I have to use fancy words yeah, when we're talking go. about him, I guess. The Georgia Which, Tech people definitely by, use fancy By the way, words. I think he's going to look better in Garnet and Black than in that ugly mustard gold yellow out there in Atlanta anyway. Is this my opening to remind everyone that you grew uh, sure. up a Georgia fan? Go ahead. There you go. I haven't Alum- done it in a while. Uh, alumni. Uh, hey, I yeah. brought it up earlier. Alumni. So uh, my hate for Georgia Tech runs deep. So glad that Kyle Kennard got away from the North Atlanta Trade School. Maybe that was, <laughs> maybe that was it. He just he's like, I've had enough of this color and this school. He saw the light. But yeah, good pickup for South Carolina, man. And um, if you want to read more about him, we got all that stuff going up on GamecockCentral.com. And it, it does. It is very weird that National Sign Day is in five days because like, it is completely. Not thinking about it. It's not. It's not on the. Well, top of anyone's mind right now. You know, we've said this many times. The college football calendar is quite chaotic for when certain things take place. And having the transfer portal open up in the final days of leading up to signing day, I think the uh, the dead period start or the um, no contact period starts the 16th, right? So that'd be tomorrow. So the last couple of days leading up um, is a little bit more quiet there on the, you know, visits front and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, having that mixed in with early signing day, or a lot of teams getting set for bowl games, Christmas thrown in there, the whole nine yards. Uh, I don't envy. They obviously make a lot of money. I don't envy the schedule those coaches have this time of year. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, some for some people, it's hard to feel sorry for coaches who are, you know, especially head coaches who are just multimillionaires. But sure. As as well as the assistant coaches are paid, like, if you're, you know, if you're a D.C. or O.C. at the Power 5 level now. Yeah, you're, it's good money. I mean, you're making good money. That log has made million dollars this year. Yeah, some of these other guys, you know, that are making good money, but sure. it's like, oh, you're making two hundred a year. Yeah, I'm like, bro, you're working ninety hours. Yeah, right yeah. now. You know, uh, there's also the analyst that might be making twenty k to sit in a room and watch film twenty four hours a day. Yes. You maybe feel a little bit sorry for that. Now they are doing that. They are because they're hoping. That's right. That is the step on the ladder. Five, in five years, gotta. They'll gotta, be got to do the grunt work first, making a lot more. That's right. So, but yeah, I, this time of year, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. And th- this, yeah, we talked about it. It's ne- it's never a good thing to miss a bowl. No, not at all. But I think South Carolina has made the most sure of missing a bowl by putting all being able to put all this energy into portal recruiting. Absolutely. We'll wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Also. I have some things to give away with our 12 days of Christmas promotion. You're listening here on The Game, the 107.5 The Game app. And coming soon, The Game TV on January the 2nd. Welcome back in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler and Wes along with you. More to get to with the transfer portal in just a moment. But first, it's time for another 12 days of Christmas giveaway. <laughs> The 12 Days of Christmas on the game is sponsored by Griffin Pools and Spa. Here's what Santa has right now. Next Friday, December the 22nd, men's basketball will take on Elon over at Colonial Life Arena. Caller number four right now, 803-404-6100, Win yourself a pair of tickets to men's basketball versus Elon for our 12 days of Christmas giveaway. Thanks to our friends over at Griffin Pools and Spas. Ed Bird standing by to take your calls for that. Get back to the transfer portal and obviously excited to welcome Kyle Kennard in as the newest member of the Gamecocks out of the transfer portal with his announcement just a few minutes ago. Uh, obviously, there are 
every site has their own, you know, various rankings when it comes to um, recruiting. Look at 24-7 earlier. They have South Carolina at number four in their overall team rankings. Uh, On3 has them at number six. Now, this does not account for Kennard, uh, who just went into the portal. But regardless, uh, among the best in the nation in terms of what they brought in so far from the transfer portal after just a couple of days. Yeah, man, I'm trying to see if – I can't tell if the on three one has populated yet for today. It, it soon will. I don't think it has yet. But on three does it a pretty interesting way, which, I, I again, I, I think the companies are still trying to kind of catch up to the best way to do this. But mm-hmm. um, they actually have a transfers in and a transfers out. And what they've tried to do – is like balance it yes and they've tried to do this thing called a performance score to measure the production of who has left and who has come back right and so right now so rather than just say hey you added if, if you added 10 productive guys but you lost 15 productive guys this would say you didn't have a great portal class mm-hmm. and so right now on on three um, as of this exact moment, they have South Carolina sixth, which, uh, you know, is pretty good. Louisville is one right now. Yep. And kind, kind of the teams that the eye test would tell you are doing very well are also doing very well in this ranking. Louisville one, Colorado two, Ole Miss three, Kentucky's been doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Surpri- little surprising when Minnesota, they haven't really been on my radar. I don't know who they've added, but um, I, I guess we'll look them up at some point. They've added four guys, it says. And, and then South Carolina, six. NC State, seven. NC State, quiet, NC State quietly has just had a good year all the way around. Right. So I think their boy MJ Morris went to Maryland, which just feels – I believe so. And they just added Grace McCall um, at Coastal right. the other day to essentially take that spot. But, um, yeah, and, and, you know, look, the, the the teams that are in the college football playoff aren't – not that they're not concerned with the transfer portal, but they got some other matters at hand right now. So, you know, those teams will come along a little bit later. But but as of right now for the teams, and some of these are obviously going to bowl games, but for the teams that, you know, can focus a little bit more attention on that right now, um, South Carolina is among the best. Um, so that's certainly exciting to see and just kind of looking at what – Minnesota's brought in the transfer portal here. I see that they brought in a couple of four-star defensive linemen, uh, uh, Jordan Gaward from Florida International, um, brought in a couple other pretty you know, three high-level guys. Um, so, uh, and again, it's very early on in the process, only a handful of guys so far. But, um, again, good company that South Carolina is with, including a couple of SEC schools in Kentucky and uh, Ole Miss uh, up there, in the at least in the on-three rankings as of right now. Yeah, and who knows, maybe the Gamecocks – have another welcome home or two coming in the next few days. We'll be tracking that. Brady Hunt, tight end from Ball State. I'm telling y'all, this this guy's pretty good. SEC size, too, about 6'5", 250. Really, really, really like this kid. I, I think um, a great chance for South Carolina to end up landing him as well. He'll be on campus today. And I, I know we always like to finish off with something a little bit out there sometimes. Tyler, okay. All right. did you see that Alabama – Went out. I did. And hired a former Michigan assistant. That's right. In George Hilo. Yep. He was nice li- move, huh? Linebackers coach the past two years. They cut him loose at the beginning of this year. Um, you know, and th- look, this isn't unprecedented. These kind of things have happened before, but man, if, if, as if Alabama and Saban needed any more of an advantage or insight into Michigan, you hire somebody that was on their staff a year ago, which yeah. by the way, smart move. Alabama's got nothing to lose in this playoff, by the way. 
They're playing true. with house money. All they the are. pressure's on Michigan. Indeed. By the way, I, I got another one real quick to, okay. to close it. This right. is a real report okay. from E.T. Travis Kelsey was noticeably absent during Taylor Swift's birthday celebration in New York. Have you seen this? Uh, I know what you're talking about. But for a good reason. A source tells E.T. that he, quote, remains committed to playing his best and doing his best on and off the field. The team practices are critical, mandatory to attend, and something he takes very seriously. It's no surprise he stayed in Kansas City ahead of the game. I want to know what that conversation would be like between Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. Hey, Andy, now we've got to practice. Now we've got some games coming up, but it's Taylor's, Taylor's birthday. birthday. Think I can bounce for a day or two? Uh, I think that would be a quick no from old Big Red out there in Kansas City. But <laughs> good one to end on there. That'll do it for the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with myself and Terry Ford coming up next on the game in the 107.5 The Game app. Show is over, but I got one more great advertiser to tell you about. That's my friend Kendall Walsh, the entire Dwell Columbia team at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate, they want a chance to help you do just that. 803-414-3590. Also, DwellColumbia.com, at DwellColumbia on Instagram and Facebook. For many of us, myself included, buying a home will be one of the biggest purchases you ever make in your entire life. So you need somebody who's going to have your back. You need somebody who has experience. And you need somebody who can walk you through this entire process. For a lot of people, you're probably maybe selling one home and trying to buy another all at the same time. She can help you on both ends of that. Or if you're a first-time home buyer, you're wanting to buy for the first time and it's just a daunting process for you, Kendall can help you with that as well. 803-414-3590. Call my friend Kendall Walsh today. Promise you she's going to take great care of you.